Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Uh, Understanding how to fight the fight of faith. Understanding how to fight the fight of faith. And, uh, of course, the call on, on this church, the main call, the focus, you know the vision of our church is to build people's faith. And uh, that's the main charge. Of course, we'll minister on other things, but this is what God called us to minister. This, this, is, uh, this is the uh, foundation stone. This is, as my wife says, our yes. All right, is to minister on faith, principles concerning faith, and the first thing to understand about the fight of faith, we can see here in 1 Timothy 6, 12, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. And then he told him to lay hold on eternal life whereunto you are called and have professed the good profession among many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. And if we're to fight the good fight of faith, we have to understand, first of all, that the fight we're fighting is not a fight for faith, It's a fight of faith. And you could say it this way. It's a fight from faith. It's from the position of faith. It's not a fight for faith. We talked about that uh, a lot last Sunday. Uh, You can get the CD or go on the podcast or however. We we talked about that we're not fighting for faith. Romans 12.3 says that when you were born again, every man, every woman received the measure of faith. All right, you received a measure of saving faith. And we talked about how the issue with a lot of people is they never increase that measure. All right? They never increase that measure. Tell your neighbor, I'm increasing my measure. And they, 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 they never increase that measure. And so, uh, so they're, they're fighting for faith. They, they think they're in a fight for faith, and it's a fight of faith. If, if you're in a war of words with somebody, if somebody's having a war of words, well, you understand how that war is being conducted with words. So the fight that you're in is conducted by faith. Amen. It's, it's not a fight for faith. It's a fight of faith. Amen. Uh, glory to God. And he says it's a good fight. A good fight. Well, that word good, I've had people saying, and it's not a bad definition. Well, what's a good fight? A fight that you win. It, that is true, but how do you win the fight? And people say, well, you just hang in there. Faith's not a hanging on. Faith is a standing on. Faith isn't just hanging in there. You can hang in a fight and get your brains beat out. Well, he didn't go down. Yeah, but good Lord, look at him. He beat up. What, like one man said, toe up from the flow up? Amen. And, uh... <laughs> Go, right? It's not just hanging in there. It's, it's a good fight is a fight that had good technique. Amen. That's that, the word good, it means beautiful, beautiful to look at or excellent. So we've made this uh, illustra- or indication over the last few weeks. So a good fight, when you see somebody fighting the fight of faith that knows what they're doing, it's beautiful to look at. 
Because they know what they're doing. They know how to use their faith. They know how to apply the principles of the Word of God. And uh, many times believers get their focus off the, on the fight and off their technique. Keep your focus on your technique. All right? So this is not a fight for faith. It's a fight of faith. Now, let's get into this. There are evidences or fruits of faith. We talked uh, last week uh, about the different types of faith that the Bible talks about. No faith, uh, little faith, great faith. Uh, how to increase it, how to increase the measure. Well, there are evidences or fruits of faith, all right? Where, where faith is, there'll be fruit. Let's look at Romans 15. Romans 15. And uh, verse 13. And the Apostle Paul writes and he says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So in other words, he's saying your faith that you have should produce joy and peace in believing. All right, joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So where there is believing, where there is faith, there'll be joy and peace. All right? You've heard people say before that the, the, the umpire, peace is the umpire. All right? If, if you have peace about something, then that's an indicator that you're being led by God. But it's also an indicator that you have the faith for that project. Amen. See... We're, we're going to touch on this a little bit. This is why it's so important that when, when the Bible talks to us about walking in the Spirit, and the Bible talks to us about being led by the Spirit, faith is spiritual. Faith is not natural. Faith is of the heart, not of the head. And if I'm not walking in the Spirit, if I'm not being led by the Spirit, I'm going to have a hard time operating my faith. Because faith is spiritual. All right? Faith is spiritual. And that's why you'll hear some people, they'll talk about how, you know, sometimes faith doesn't make sense. Faith doesn't make sense to your natural mind at times, but it always makes perfect sense to your spirit. But also remember this, faith isn't a blind leap. There's no such thing as a leap of faith in the Bible. It doesn't exist. People say, well, I'm just out here, I'm going to take a leap of faith. No, you're not. You might take a step of faith, but not a leap of faith. And there's no such thing as blind faith. Well, I just did that in blind faith. No, you didn't. You, you, you cannot have blind faith when faith is how you see. Faith's not blind. Right? Faith knows where it's going. Abraham left in faith, and Abraham naturally didn't know where he was going, but God showed him how by faith where to go and you understand and so joy and peace accompany faith understanding how to fight the fight of faith joy and peace accompany faith so the fruit that you're looking for the evidences that you're looking for is am I in peace and do I have joy all right am I in peace and do I have joy 
Because a lack of peace is an unsettledness. Faith is settledness. Faith is conviction. Faith is certainty. Faith is surety. Faith is the foundation. Amen. Amen. And so, glory. The word joy, it means gladness, cheerfulness, or delight. Gladness, cheerfulness, or delight. So in faith, we're glad. We're cheerful. And uh, we're calm. Right? We're calm. Well, why? Because you know something. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you know something. When you're in faith, you know something. So there's a calmness. Amen. Do, Do you see this? That's why I say when you are facing a challenge, instead of grabbing your confession list, and starting to rattle off a machine gun scriptures, you need to take a moment until your spirit calms down. Because you want to be saying those things out of faith. You don't want to just be saying them out of your head. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you'll run into people. For, for instance, when, when you're dealing with a child, and uh, you know, Lily and I were walking the other day, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's an area in our neighborhood with a b- lot of ponds, six or eight ponds and trail system. And, and, and she likes to go up there and throw rocks in the pond. Well, I like to throw rocks in the pond with her. But there's areas where the, the bank is steep, right? Now, y'all know how old Lily is. She's four, right? I'm exactly 50 years older than she is, all right? And so she'll get a rock and start heading down that bank. And I'll say, Lily, be cautious. Be cautious. I know. Right? Amen. See, there's no calmness there. She don't know. She don't know. Right? She don't know. That's a steep bank. You can fall in. And here's why I don't want you to fall in. You fall in, I got to get in. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. But here, here's the point. There's a calmness there. There's a surety. There's a settledness to faith. And what happens very often, and my point was, what happens very often is people are saying and declaring things out of an unsettled spirit. They're, they're saying it out of the unsettledness of their mind. Right? And they need to just wait a moment. Wait. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Get that calmness. So you know what to say. Faith knows what to say. Faith doesn't just say, it knows what to say. Jesus in Mark 11, he made the statement about being specific. He said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed. Specific. Be removed. Right? And be cast into the sea. Specific, be removed and be cast into the sea. Well, what you're dealing with may not need to be removed. It may need to be changed. But what you've got to do is say something specific to it. Confessing the Scripture over your finances, the Scripture you're confessing needs to have to do with what you're believing. If you need wisdom in your finances, it's not enough for you to just say, Lord, 
Bless me, and I confess that the windows of heaven are open over my life. You need wisdom to apply what you're believing God to bring into your life. See, then your faith will attach. Your faith cannot attach to something that doesn't apply to you. Amen. Do you see that? The word peace means quietness or tranquility. Quietness or tranquility. So, two of our greatest weapons in the fight of faith is joy and peace. Quietness, tranquility. There's a tranquilness. You're not going to see panic and faith together. Amen. Right? Well, I got a bad diagnosis from the doctor. Well, you need to settle down and get your peace. Get your joy. Amen. I'll tell you why in just a moment. Because because it's there in believing. The same source that you get your faith from is where you get your joy and your peace from. Amen. Do, do, Do you see this? They are evidences of believing, joy and peace. They're resident, here it is, they're resident in the fruit of the Spirit along with faith. Look look over at Galatians 5. In the fruit of the Spirit. Now, very often when we say the fruit of the Spirit, people will say, well, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the reborn human spirit. It's the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in your life, in your spirit. It's the fruit of the reborn human spirit. Verse 22, Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, notice, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. So they are fruit... That's resident in our reborn human spirit. Now this is one of the reasons it's so important that you walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Non-spiritual people cannot operate faith. Now this is important because faith is a spiritual force. Faith is part of the spiritual fruit that we have. Amen. Now notice, they are forces or flows of spiritual power, God's power and character, and where they proceed from the heart of man. And so when I'm walking in the Spirit, when I'm led by the Spirit, my faith's going to operate on a higher level. Oh, glory. Because faith is based on revelation knowledge. Faith is based on revelation knowledge. Something that's revealed to me. And it's never based on sense knowledge. Now, sense knowledge takes on different things. When, 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 when people hear sense knowledge and revelation knowledge, very often uh, we, we go immediately to not being moved by what I see 
and what I feel and all these different things. Well, that's wonderful, but you can do that in mental ascent. You can do that in mental ascent. Faith is revelation knowledge. Faith is a knowing. Never based on sense knowledge. Never based on sense knowledge. You you don't base whether or not you heard from God on what you can see. You don't make decisions about things based on natural circumstances. Well, if God wants this, if God wants me to do this, He'll work this out. You just entered into sense knowledge. Because if you don't know God wants you to do it, it doesn't matter what works out or what doesn't work out. If you don't know, faith is knowing. Is that right? There are people in here, people that you know. They wouldn't put out what we called in Pentecostal circles a fleece. You know, you know what a fleece is. Lord, if, if it's your will that I go to, uh, to Bryant tomorrow, uh, let somebody with a pink tie and a purple shirt come up and say hello to me. Now, I know that's an exaggeration. Well, well, right? Well, we know that that can be manipulated. That's not faith. I'm putting my faith that somebody will come up to me in those colors and I'm basing my decision on something that happens to me in the natural. That's not revelation knowledge. That, those are things that could be coincidences. Those are things that could be happenstance. And in the fight of faith, you have to fight from the position of revelation knowledge. What you know about the circumstance by revelation knowledge. Hallelujah. Amen. Because a man in faith is seeing something. When you're in faith, you're seeing something. Right? I mean, there, 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 are, there are instances all throughout the Word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, By faith, Moses forsook Pharaoh's house because he, wanted, he, was, he was more willing to enjoy the persecution of the, of the people of God than the pleasures of sin for a season. And it said that he, that he was able to do that because he saw him who was invisible. He saw him who was invisible. He was seeing something that nobody else was seeing. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, By faith, when Joseph was dying, he made mention of his bones, that they should not leave his bones in Egypt, but take them with him. How did he know they were going to be delivered? How did he know that Joseph was in Egypt at the inception of the Jewish race. How did he know that they were going to be delivered? How did he know that all those hundreds of years later, they were going to leave? And he said, don't you leave my bones here. You take me to the land that God's going to give you. How did he know that? The Bible says by faith. Well, so then faith is not just a believing. Faith is not just a... a, a faith is a seeing. Faith is a revelation knowledge that I know something. I have seen something. Amen. When, 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 you, read, when you read through Job, Job made this statement. When, when uh, uh, he was talking to his friends and he made this statement, he said, I know that my Redeemer lives. We'll stop right there and ask yourself, how did he know? 
How did he know? Because, because he had never, Job didn't even have a proper, a proper understanding of God. But yet he said, I know that my Redeemer lives. And he said, and here's what I know. I know at the last he will stand upon the earth. And he will be the last. Isaiah 44, Jesus said through, through the Holy Spirit to Isaiah, I am the first and I am the last. And Job made the statement and he said, and I will see him rather in this body or after the worms have ate this body in another body, I know I'll see him. How did he know? By faith. He had revelation knowledge. And what did that knowing do to Job? Built his faith. It built his faith. Oh, glory to God. So a man in faith is seeing something. Do you understand? It's not, it's not that faith people are different. It's that we see things different. Glory be to God. Amen. And they see something the sense knowledge believer cannot see. Now, faith is honest. And you got, you got to be honest about are you in faith. Hallelujah. For instance, I got a call one time from a guy. And, uh, and he still goes to the church. Good, good, upstanding member of the church. Been there for a number of years, almost 20 years. And, uh, and he was having some heart issues. He had had a pacemaker put in and some time ago. And, uh, and the, the thing went haywire on him and was shocking him. Over and over and over and over again. And so he called the, uh, of course, 911. And they took him up to the hospital. And he was in the emergency room. This was before all the uh, 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 goofiness of 2020 and uh, 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 the pandemic. And uh, so, of course, everybody was up there. And, and I heard about it. And I was making arrangements. And he called me. And, and, uh, and I began to talk to him. And here's the point. is uh, In his voice, I could hear he wasn't sure. I said, well, what's going on? I called his name. I said, what's going on? How are you? And he said, well, and he began to uh, confess some scriptures and say some things from God's creative power for healing. I said, you know what? You're, you're doing the right thing by saying that. I said, but there's fear in your voice. I said, there, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lack of certainty in your voice, you know. And people will say, well, you know, how do you know that? I'm his pastor. God will tell me what you need. Got a little quiet on that one. Right? To, to help take care of the sheep. Why? We had to grab a hold of that. Because we can't have any of that. You can't be going in for a procedure on your heart not sure. We got to be sure. We got to see something. So what, what had to happen? It took some time. We had to talk on the phone and get him to see something. Had to go up to the hospital room and get him to see something. Right? Amen. Joy and peace are not present because there's an absence of pressure or an absence of a challenge. Joy and peace are there because of what we know. There's a calmness because of what I know. There's an assurity because of what I know. Faith knows. Hebrews or, or, or first, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 4 where it talks about while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. It talks about the spirit of faith in their knowing. Knowing. Hallelujah. When, when you are watching somebody that knows how to fight the fight of faith, they know. 
It's not a hope so, it's a no. And when they come into your, your circumstance or your situation, they begin to speak words and it's like it calms the situation down. It settles it down because they know. Amen. Because they know. Hallelujah. I've had that before. I went in people's hospital rooms before. And they say, Pastor, when you came in here, the whole atmosphere shifted. Right? Faith came in. Now, if that's accepted, if that's received, it'll keep working. If, if, if not, it won't. But joy and peace are not present because there's an absence of pressure. Remember this. Pressure is on the outside. Where's care? Inside. Pressure works to get care in you. Faith and care will not work together. Because, because care is the overwhelmingness of pressure and trouble. Amen. Faith is the presence of calm and peace and joy in the presence of pressure and trouble. Amen. So joy and peace are there because of what? Because of what we know. What do, what do we know? Amen. Remember Paul? One of my favorite scriptures. He's on, he's on the boat. It, they have stuck that boat in the reef. Right? They thought they, thought they, were, get, they were getting closer to land than they were, but they didn't account for that reef. And they stuck that boat in the reef, and it's being tore apart. Yes, sir. And Paul says, uh-huh, everybody be a good cheer. Right? Why? Because there stood by me an angel of the Lord this night and said, Don't worry, Paul, I've given you the lives of every... I've given you, I've given you, I've given you the man of faith. I've given you the one in peace and joy and calm and delight. I've given you every person on this boat. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. Amen? And then an interesting, the scripture follows that up and says, They all made it. Some of them swam. Some of them had to go on pieces of the ship. Some of them got on boards, but they all made it. Everybody made it. That would be pressure. That would be trouble. That would be circumstances beyond my control. There's not one scripture that says you won't encounter things that are beyond your control. But I can control how I respond. I can control how I react. Amen? So joy and peace are there because of what do you know? What do you know? Because, see, un- un- understand this. When circumstances, when circumstances attack a person's life, they're attacking what they know. I will respond out of what I know. 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, verse 8. He's talking about Jesus here. Well, let's read verse 7 so we can get the proper context. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Now, understand, God didn't send the trial. God didn't send the trial. Religion will say God will try your faith. It's not what it says. Why would God try your faith? Well, he tried Abraham's faith. No, he tested the covenant that he made with Abraham. It was a test of the covenant. Abraham had already proved he believed God. Amen. God doesn't try your faith. See, you, 
if you're going to fight the fight of faith, you've got to, you've got to understand the players in this thing. The devil's the one that puts, tries your faith. The devil's the one that sends trouble. The devil's the one that sends trials. And, and Peter said it was more precious than gold. Why? Because it's the answer. And every time your faith is tried, it grows. Hallelujah. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom... Having not seen. Now stop right there for a moment. Now, I'm assuming nobody in this room has ever seen Jesus. Well, you know, somebody might say, well, I've seen him in a vision. Well, here's what I mean. You you have never looked in Jesus. You can't describe Jesus to me. If you tried, you'd probably describe one of them pictures that used to hang in the church. (laughs) And people say, well, how do you know I can't describe him? Because people that I have great confidence in, and I know they went to heaven, looked him in the eyes and can't describe him. The glory was too great. You cannot look on Jesus in this body, you being in this body, and, 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 and describe him. But here's my point. You may not have seen him, but I promise you, if I went to any of you and said, are you saved? You'd say yes. Right? Does Jesus love you? Yes. Well, why? Because I have faith in that. Notice what he says, though. In whom, though you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Amplified Bible says, without having seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not even now see Him, you believe in Him and exult and thrill with inexpressible and glorious, triumphant, heavenly joy. So we believe in Jesus without ever having seen Him. And what's the result? Inexpressible, glorious, triumphant, heavenly joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, you start talking about heaven, thinking about heaven talking about the glory that awaits us, and people get happy. People get joyful. Never seen heaven, never been in heaven. The Bible says very little about heaven. But yet we know it's a great place. We know it's home. We know our loved ones are waiting for us over there. Amen. And what's it do? It produces inexpressible, exultant joy. Amen. But notice how it, how, where it starts. Yet believing. So we've not seen it, yet we believe it. When faith and joy, when faith is present, joy and peace will be present. Because faith knows. Faith is certain. Faith knows. Say it out loud. Faith knows. Say it. Faith is certain. See, this is so important in the fight of faith. You're certain about what you believe. You're absolutely certain. Amen. Brother Hagen talked about uh, when he was on uh, his sickbed, when he was just a young boy, a teenager, and he said that uh, uh, he read the scripture where it says, uh, uh, if you believe in your heart and don't, if you believe in uh, uh, what you say and you don't doubt in your heart, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, you'll have whatever you say. And uh, he said, he told the Lord, 
he said, now Jesus, he said, uh, uh, I believe that I'm healed. And he said, uh, if you were to stand here in this room and tell me I didn't believe, he said, I'd have to respectfully say, Lord Jesus, you're lying. Because I do believe. And the Lord said to him, this was so important. Helped me so many years ago and printed my spirit. He said, the Lord said to him, you're right. You do believe as far as you know. As far as you know. And he said, the Lord told him, he said, read the next verse. And he read the next verse. He said, therefore, whatsoever things you uh, 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 ask in prayer, believing, you receive them. You shall have them. And he said, oh, I see it. I see it. I see it. I've not yet believed. I have received. I'm thanking you that you are healing me. I thank you that you can heal me. But I've not yet got to that place where I know I am healed. See, faith requires a renewing of your mind. He was on that bed for 16 months. It took months and months and months and months to renew his mind. Once his mind was renewed, it was a matter of days and he was off the bed. When your mind starts being renewed to how faith works and how things work and how the Word of God works, it's a matter of time till things change. Amen. So he said, you do believe as far as you know. See, faith knows. Faith is certain. That's why we've been teaching on Wednesday nights that, 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 that I'm not going to be healed. I am healed. I am the healed of the Lord. Because why? The price has been paid. We went through all the types and shadows in the Old Testament and showed that the type, the type presented the proof that the price has been paid. You can't charge me twice for that. Amen. Where faith is present... Joy and peace will be present because faith knows. Doubt is the absence of certainty. Doubt is the absence of certainty. Because if you doubt something, you're not certain. You can become certain. But if you doubt it, you're not certain. If, if, if you're starting to walk across a footbridge and you step on it and it creaks and groans and wiggles and wobbles, and right, uh, you might not go across that. You might doubt its ability to hold you up. Amen. And you might tell the person with you, I'm not certain that that thing will hold us. We better hang on. Right? Amen. See? That's why faith requires honesty. When you step out, and I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about the enemy fighting your mind. I'm talking about in you. This is what I said earlier about being led by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit. If, if outward circumstances can so easily move a person, there's no anchor in their spirit. There, there, there's no weight in their spirit. There are a lot of believers that are very heavy naturally, and they're not heavy spiritually. The weight in your life needs to be in the spirit realm. That, that needs to be where the tonnage is, is in the spirit. Because that, that, that's what holds a person stable. Not, not in the natural. And, and what, what happens a lot of times is people are trying not to be moved by what they see, but there's no spiritual weight. See, you, you have to have faith value. What adds faith value? That's what you're saying. That's what you're declaring. That's what you're speaking. That's what you're, that's what you're presenting consistently. Oh, those things that are adding weight to your spiritual heaviness. Amen. 
And, 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 and that's why if you can learn to be led by the Spirit and you can learn to walk in the Spirit on a consistent basis, it will aid your faith. Your faith will operate on another level because I'm not moved by what I see. See, just to say I'm not moved by what I see, I'm not moved by what I feel, I'm only moved by what I believe. Well, that's an easy statement to say. But in order to not be moved by how you feel, there's got to be a weight in you spiritually that will not let you be moved. you got to know something that the circumstance can't change. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you understand that? And that's why just saying I don't receive that isn't faith. Right? I've had people get a doctor. I, I've, I've known people get a doctor's report before and say, well, I don't receive that. Well, I understand you don't want to just receive it as the final verdict, but it's there. It exists. Just to say I don't receive it is not enough. Don't receive it. I'm not telling you to receive it, but I'm saying just to say I don't receive it and then say I'm in faith is not necessarily right. That there's got to be something in here that's telling me I don't receive it. So, oh wait, does that make sense? Amen. When uh, I remember reading the story when Casey Treat was diagnosed uh, with... Uh, uh, well, the, what the doctor said was an incurable disease it had to do with hepatitis and, and cancer in his blood. And, and, you know, Casey, before he got born again, he was a drug user and intravenous drug user. And, and so uh, y'all know who I'm talking about, Casey Treat, you know, in, in Seattle, Washington? Many of y'all? Okay. Uh, but and it, just want to make sure if, if you don't know him, you know, there are people who don't know who John Wayne was. I mean, that's... <laughs> well, yeah. Un-American. Hallelujah. Get a rope. But... Uh, in any event, uh, and, and I remember him telling the story, and he said the doctor gave him that news. You know, this is, this is, this is incurable. It, you know, there's nothing that can be done. And, uh, and he said, uh, I said, give me a moment. And he said, I had to walk out of the exam room, and I walked down the hall and found a place and just got alone. And he said, and here's what he said. He said, I, I just had to get a hold of myself. Now, people say, well, you know, what was that? That was the circumstance trying to move him. And he knew if I, if I let my joy and my peace get away from me, I can be moved. You see what I'm saying? And he had to go and grab a hold of himself. And then he said, I went back in the room. I said, okay, now finish up. Tell me, tell me what else you got to say. Well, there's no worse words than... Incurable, nothing we can do. But he's cured. Right now, that didn't just happen. The fight of faith. There's no such thing as unchallenged faith. Your faith will be challenged. If not today, at some point, you're going to face a challenge to your faith. And, and, and the way we respond is going to determine how we, how we come out of it. Amen. Amen. Now, so doubt is the absence of certainty. Am I helping you today? If you doubt something, you're not certain. But you can become certain. You can become certain. Look at Mark chapter 4. 
You know, I always tell people that, uh, you know, I love those services when we're running and bouncing and jumping, and I love those. But you know what? The Holy Spirit's moving just as heavily right now because, because of the Word. Amen. Because of the Word that's being deposited in your heart. You know, I've learned something over the years. If I face a challenge, I go back to what did I hear last? Meaning, what message did I hear last? What was God speaking to me about? I know what you're thinking. Pastor, are you saying we're going to face challenges? We're going to need what you're saying? At some point, yes, you're going to need what I'm saying. And, and, and you're going to be able to go back and say, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got to keep my joy. I've got to keep my peace. Right? Because the enemy doesn't come in gradually. Notice there's no scripture that says Satan will come into you incrementally. Right? What, what does he do? He tries to overwhelm you. He comes in like a flood. Right? He comes in like a lion seizing on their prey because he wants to overwhelm you. Right? And the only thing that can stop that overwhelming presence is joy and peace. Keep the shield of faith out there. Stay calm and faith on. Amen. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4, verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. <laughs> a full ship is never a good thing. Not full of water. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we perish? And he arose, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, I want you to look at a couple things. Very often, when this is ministered on, the focus is on Jesus was asleep, and the disciples were afraid. Well, that's true. They were. Now, you know, I learned years ago not to pick on the disciples too much because such were some of us, yeah. right? I, I, I don't know what I would have done in, in the middle of a great inland ocean like the Sea of Galilee and, and the boat I'm in is full of water. Other translation says to the point of sinking. No life jacket, no lifeboat. One translation says they were shrieking, screaming like girls, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sexist, I'm just saying. Right? But I don't know, right? I mean, we put ourselves in that position on the other side in the third person of what we know and how we're supposed to respond. Listen, knowing how you're supposed to respond is no evidence that you will respond that way. Just because you know that's how it's supposed to be does not mean I will. I'm not saying you're not or that you haven't, but I'm saying that does not, a person knowing what they should do does not mean that they will do it. And so what a lot of people do is they read this and they go, oh, the disciples look at them, ha, ha, ha. You know, well, now wait a minute. One day your boat's going to be full of water. And we'll see. That's why I learned, year, I learned years ago, it's very easy to look at somebody and say what they should have done. When you're, when you're standing over there dry, you're, you're on the land. They're in the boat full of water. Here's what y'all need to do. 
right? And you want to say, well, swim on out here, Chester, and show us. Walk on the water to the boat. Amen. But here's the point. Jesus is asleep. Now, here's what I can tell you. Why was he asleep? Two reasons. He was tired and he was at peace. He was tired and he was at peace. And then notice when he got up, notice the first words out of his mouth, peace. This is so important. In order for that to be his response, peace had to be there. You can't just work it up in a moment's notice. In order for that to be his response, peace had to be there. So this response was not, his response was not that just because he was Jesus. People read this and they think that's a Jesus trick. If it was a Jesus trick, why did he get upset with the disciples for not doing it? Isn't that right? How, how, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Well, what was the word? What was the word that, that they had heard? What was the word they should have had faith in? They'd seen all those miracles. They had just come from a revival where Jesus fed 5,000 men on top of all the thousands of women and children with five loaves and two fish. Amen. You can't even get that at Popeye's. Amen. DJ's like, show can't. Amen. Hallelujah. But, but the point is, they saw that. They'd seen water turned into wine. And Jesus looked at them, and, and on top of that, He said, let's go to the other side. Now, now, understand this. So they should, now again, we can look at this and say, well, they should have known they were going to get to the other side. These are the same men that Jesus had to explain the parable of the sower to. And he had to explain that just because you've heard the word does not mean the word has taken root. Because they didn't understand what it meant. So what do we see here? Everything they saw did not produce faith. The word that Jesus spoke to them never took root. I don't know if it was nice and calm when they started and the storm came. It says the storm came on them. So evidently it was. Well, what does that mean? There are days, that, there are times that your life, you're going to be floating along, as Brother Hagin would say, on flowery beds of ease, and then things are going to change. Here's the issue. When they change, you can't change. What you believe has to be what you believe. Right? And Jesus, when He got up, He didn't have to pray in tongues for 30 minutes. He just, out of Him, Peace! So he could be in faith because he was in peace. Jesus had to walk by faith just like we do. Amen. And he had faith. And peace is one of the evidences of faith. Faith is knowing. Faith is certainty. Say out loud. Say faith is knowing. Faith is certainty. You know, if you're believing for a financial breakthrough... It's, you know, it's not enough just to say, God will supply all my needs. you got to know something. It's, it's got to be so... Fr- Listen, it's, that, that is something when we got a hold of the Word of God, that our lives were in such a wreck financially. 
And, 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 you know, whatever the reason was, it doesn't matter what the reason was, there had to come a knowing, not just that God will produce a miracle, God will change my life financially. Right? Do you understand? Because, well, I don't want to get into that, but, but my life had to change. I had to get to the point where I knew, wait a minute, what the Word says about my finances is the final authority. And I had to move from that place of, of, of having a need and God meeting it, and then having a need and God meeting it, and having a need and God meeting it, to living above need. Does that make sense? Having a need, God meeting it, having a need, God meeting it, and living on a higher plane. Living in that prosperity plane. Doesn't mean that needs don't come up. It doesn't mean that challenges don't come up. But here's what it means. Is I'm not operating from a a place of deficit. Right? In, in, In other words, we never get in the meal barrel and there's no meal. And the Lord's got to fill it up. Right? Faith is knowing. Faith is certainty. Say it one more time. Faith is knowing. Faith is certainty. I mean, it's this unshakable certainty that produces peace and calmness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Genesis 17. Because we, we, you know, even with Abraham, we, we read about Abraham. Abraham's the father of our faith. You know, Abraham is the example of the faith that we live by. But uh, I want you to see something. Genesis 17, verse 15. And God said to Abraham, as for, or, or to Abram, as for Sarai, your wife, You shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give you a son of her. I will bless her and she will be a mother of nations. Kings of people will be of her. Abraham heard that. Now I added that. Verse 17 says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that's over a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? Now, you can paint that however you want. God said that to Abraham, and he laughed. And asked a question, how's that possible? Now, sometimes with our heroes in the faith, we kind of try to paint them in a light. Right? Where they don't look so bad. I'm going to help you. Abraham laughed at what God said. Not only did he laugh, he fell on his face and laughed. I was reading a commentary one time. I don't read too many of them, but I was reading this one. And, uh, and uh, uh, the guy said, well, you know, this wasn't a, a, a laugh of unbelief. Then what kind of laugh was it? If somebody tells you something, you go, <laughs> what is that? Now, wh- where did that come from? He was uncertain. He was uncertain. There was a time that Abraham was uncertain. Remember I said, you can become certain? Amen. 
Genesis 18, verse 10. Genesis 18 and verse 10. And this is the Lord speaking. He said, I will certainly return unto you according to the time of life. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed. Sarah laughed within herself. Now they laughed to themselves. But the Bible, the Holy Spirit is quick to point out to us that they laughed to themselves about this. I mean, you don't just laugh in God's face. But they did. They laughed in their heart. They laughed about what God said. I know y'all think I'm picking on Abraham. But did he do it? Did she do it? Why? At this point, they were uncertain about the promise God had made to them. When did God make the promise to Abraham? When he's 75. We know that he can father a child because he did afterwards. Is that right? God made the promise when he was 75. He had Ishmael sometime later through Hagar. So we know Abraham could father a child. But now it's got to the place where evidently he's 100 years old, 99, 100 years old. He's, he's figured out I can't father a child. And the Bible says here it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. She's went through menopause. She's no longer producing an egg every month. She can't have children. She never could have children. She was always barren. And now there's no physical, natural, possible way for her to rebound from this. And so God comes and He says, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to give you a son and Sarah's going to have him. And Abraham went, oh Lord, and laughed. And then he told Abraham the same thing in the earshot of Sarah. And she, and she knew how her body was. And she said, That's, is it possible? They weren't certain. They were still trying to figure out how it was going to happen. This is something so important that I've learned about the fight of faith. Figuring out how is not your job. If, 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 you, could, if you could grab that, that'd be worth coming to church today. The supernatural is God's part. Amen. Everything that you are believing God for costs one thing. It costs faith. That's all it costs. I told somebody the other day, they were talking about, we, we were talking about upgrading some things and, and they were talking to me about the expense of it. And I just looked at him, slapped him on the back and I said, well, it costs what it's always cost. Just costs faith. So let's just get out there and believe God. If we need it, let's believe God for it. Right? But there's got to be this, this certainty What's my job? Believing, rejoicing, keeping your peace. That's your job. That's your job. Keep believing, keep rejoicing, keep your peace. Yeah, but I thought it would happen before now. That's not your job. Your job's not to determine when. Your job is to rejoice until. And then be thankful for. Amen. Yeah, but I've been believing for a year. Only a year. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are, are you following me? And then that same person will go, whoo, this year's almost gone. But you were talking about how long a year was. Amen. God's not in a hurry because He's not moved by time. God doesn't look at how many days have passed and determine His effectiveness by how many days have passed. 
Yeah, but I need it now. That'll rob your peace. Impatience is a sign of a lack of peace. Patience is not waiting. Patience is how you wait. Hallelujah. In the fight of faith, how is not your job. Trying to figure out how will rob you of your peace and joy. And an absence of those is, is proof that I've been moved out of faith. Amen. Be, 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 because there's, it's, those are the evidences. Amen. I've, I've looked back in, in, in my life and, and I've seen areas where I don't, I don't want to say I missed it necessarily, but where I delayed something or I even missed something. And most of the time I can go back and see there was not joy and peace. When I've gotten involved in things I shouldn't have gotten involved in and then try to use, have you ever tried to use your faith when you're involved in something you shouldn't be involved in? Doesn't work. And, and I could see there, there was no joy and peace. And so, well, for instance, while we've been looking at buildings, we've been walking through properties and doing different things. When I walk in the room, I'm looking for peace. If there's no peace, I'm, I'm not going to even talk to them about it. I might as well just say, okay, thank you for your time. I'll see you. Because what's, well, you know, it, it might get better as you walk through the building. Right, it might start feeling better to my natural man, and now I'm in a problem. Because the first indicator I had was no peace. I don't mention things like this. I'm, I'm going to mention just for the sake of mentioning it. You know, I have people coming up to me now, and, and people ask me, what, what, you know, what do you think about this vaccine? Follow peace. Follow peace. Amen. It's not my job to tell you to get it or not to get it. It's not my job. Well, if you cared about people, I do care about people. Don't you know I care about you? I do care about people, but it's not my job to tell you what to do. Well, are you going to get it? That, that, that's, not, that's not the issue. That's not the issue. You don't do something because I do it. You do it because you have peace about it. What, what I see in the Word, what I can teach you from the Word, you do what the Word says. You're not doing the Word because I say you should do the Word. You're doing the Word because the Word says you should. You're not calling things that be not because I told you you should call things that be not. You're calling things that be not because you see it in the Word. Not because I said it. Now my point in saying that, if you don't have peace, don't do it. If you have peace, go for it. Because taking a vaccine is not going to stop your faith from working. Well, they might get the mark of the beast. Right, is, that, is that stupid stuff still going around? Read your Bible. We are long gone around the throne of glory worshiping the Lamb before the mark of the beast ever hits the earth. Yeah, but, you know, they might put a chip in. How many in here have a cell phone? Raise your hand if you've got a cell phone. You're being tracked. They are. Every time you drive by a cell phone, it pings. A cell tower, it pings. They know where you're at. Now, I'm using that as an illustration. Because if you, if, you, if you go to get a vaccine and you don't have peace about it, it'll work against you. It'll work against you. 
If you got to take it or you want to take it, pray in tongues over it. Tell the nurse or whoever, say, wait a minute. That will work the exact way it's supposed to work. Pastor, would you do that? You bet your bottom dollar I would. Why? Because you're not putting anything in my body I haven't prayed over. Because I need to exercise my faith. Amen. We've all been fighting this fight. In 2020, you have stood in faith. You came out of 2020 on the victory side. Don't let up now. Don't lose your peace and your joy and your calmness now. You know, Pastor Ron, I don't know what this is about. I was sitting in my office today, and I read something, and the Lord told me to tell you this. And if you don't mind, I'll tell you right now. He said this. I, I, was, I, was, I had read a story one time about an evangelist, and his daughter and son had died in a plane crash. And... The Lord said to him, he said, or, or through another minister, he said, uh, God didn't take your family. The accident took your family. And he said, God didn't take Marianne. That disease took her, but God didn't take her. God received her. I believe God. I believe God. Amen. You, you, you do what you have peace about. Because God brings peace. God brings peace. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Oh, God is so good to us. Amen. And, 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 and that's why you don't get involved in all the politicization of it and all the political issues. Amen. Folks, it doesn't matter. Listen, I pastor all, all ethnicities. I pastor Hispanic people, black folks, white folks, half folks, three-quarter folks, I, everybody. Fat folks, skinny folks, old folks, amen. Short folks, hallelujah. We have our little people contingency right over here, amen. And, uh, but but, but here, here's my point, here's my point. You start, you start buying into all the natural side of it, and you can't get in faith. If you're, if you're going to be in faith about your nation, you've got to have peace and joy about it. You can't worry about it. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me hurry. Am I helping you at all? Uh, Hebrews 11, 11. Hallelujah. I believe God. Somebody asked me one time, they said, well, you know, the... Uh, uh, when the election was over, they said, well, what are we going to do? I said, well, it doesn't change what we have to do. I mean, it doesn't change anything. It's, I told one minister one time, I said, you know, uh, ministers that are, that, are, that are having a hard time and, and backing off, I said, what are they going to do when they stand in front of the Apostle Paul in heaven? How, how in the world could I ever stand beside the Apostle Paul who, who detailed, we see what, what he went through. Then he goes, well, how about you? And I say, well, you know, pandemic, I shut my church down. I... <laughs> Nervous laughter fills the room. I mean, what, right? what, what would I do? What, that's, not an indication, that, that's not an indictment on you or anybody you know. What would I do? How could I do that? How could I stand shoulder to shoulder with people that, that went through what they went through and did it by faith? And then get up and preach the same faith that they preached. And when something small compared to what they went through comes along, I fall apart. 
the faith that they exhibited will work today in what we're believing God for. Amen. Hebrews 11, 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Sarah received strength to conceive. A strengthening came to her body. Well, you know Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is strength. Somewhere, somewhere joy came into her life. At some point she decided God will do what He has promised. Peace came, joy came, and she received strength to conceive seed. I'm telling you that God will do what He has promised you. And at some point, you just got to flip the switch and decide, I'm going to believe that God will do what He said He would do. And joy will come and peace will come and certainty will show up. Hallelujah. I am certain. I believe God. Amen. And she received strength. In other words, her body was so, so, so deprived of what it needed. God had to renew her. And He did it. Now we read that, and here's the thing. No one will ever face something that impossible. If the doctor looks at you and says there's a 1% chance, that's more chance than they had. Because he couldn't father a child, and she couldn't have them. And you put two zeros together, and you get zero. Right? Right? Is that right? A million times zero is zero. But when you put God in there, and oh God, and that's why his name was Abram, exalted prince. But then God came in and put the in there, the name of God, Abraham. And Romans 4 says he became like God. In that, he calls things that be not as though they were. Abraham started acting like God. And when Abraham started acting like God, because God had gotten involved in the situation. And when Abraham got involved, when Abraham got involved with what God was saying and began to believe God, and Sarah began to believe God, it was less than a year they had a child. It had been 25 years. And when, and when they judged him faithful and got joyful and got calm, they had a child inside of a year. Mm. Glory to God. Romans 4 and 20. This will be our last verse, I think. There's so much here. See, this is how you, I'm, I'm not just sharing principles of faith with you. This is how you fight the fight. Remember I said last week, the devil does not know what to do with the person that takes his best shot and just keeps coming? Because I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Amen. That's what was written on, on a Texas Ranger Captain on his tombstone. They said, what do you want on your tombstone? And he said this, you can't stop a man who knows he's right and just keeps coming. That's it. You just keep coming. You're, what am I going to do, Pastor? You're going to get up in the morning and you're going to grab your shield of faith 
and you're going to put it out in front of you and you're going to pray in the Holy Ghost and you're going to believe God and you're going to withstand every assault the enemy brings your way tomorrow and you're going to go to bed tomorrow night in peace and victory and then you're going to get up the day after and you're going to grab your shield and you're going to fight every fiery dart of the wicked and you're going to overcome it and you're going to go to bed at night in peace and calm and your victory is going to show up. There is no quit in you. There is no stop in you. You can't be back down, shut down, backed away. You can't be made to quit. You are people of faith. You're people of faith. When the problem comes up, you say, I believe God. That's what I believe. And that's how it'll happen. Amen. Oh, glory. Romans 4 and 20. Uh, a, a familiar verse, but notice this. Whew. I should read more, but for the sake of time. Romans 4 and 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, here's something I want you to see. Very often we focus very much on he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. And here's, here's the bottom line. There's nobody in here that if you haven't, you've been tempted to stagger at the promise of God. I have. I have. God, listen, one time God was telling me some things we needed to do, and the numbers were just astronomical. They were just going up, 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 astronomical to me. And the Lord said very calmly to me, He said, well, the numbers are only going to get bigger. Whew. And it made me look, okay, I'm staggering at this. Right? You know, it's like sticker shock. Have you ever been at, you ever been at the, the, the car dealer and you, and you see a car you might like and you go over there and you're like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I have. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Amen. And then the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. And you go, oh, Lord. <laughs> so, so everybody, if, if we've not done it, we've been tempted to stagger. And that word stagger is to waver. All right, to vacillate. It's the same word used in James where it says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. All right, a, a, a man of two minds, a man that vacillates. At some point, now we see Abraham vacillating. We see him staggering. I'm going to make a, a great nation of you. I'm going to give you a son through Sarah. Ha, ha, ha. Is that possible for a son to be born to one who's 100 and Sarah who's 90? That's what he said. What was that? Stagger. That was him staggering at the what? The promise of God. Amen. People say, but the Bible says he didn't stagger, but we see him staggering. The Bible can't contradict itself. If it does, we got to throw the whole thing away because it's a compound whole. Abram staggered at the promise of God. Abraham didn't. It was, it was in that moment that God changed his name and changed Sarah's name. And from that moment on, you don't see him staggering. It's important. Amen. Now, I don't, I don't know what flipped. I don't know what I, I do know, but I don't have time to talk about it. Something changed. At some point, the Bible says that he began to account that God was able to do what he promised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But there's, there's a key here. In faith, giving glory to God. 
The Amplified Bible says, No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. As he gave praise and glory to God. So what does that mean? There's that period of time, those months, between God said, I'm going to do this, right? And, and, this, and the end. It's the same thing in Mark 11, 23 and 24. Therefore I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things that he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he saith. There's a period of time between, I believe I receive it, and there it is. But when did you get it? When you saw it? No, when you believed you received it. So what changed with Abraham? How did they get pregnant so quick after they'd went 25 years with a promise, but now they get it so quickly? Because there came a point where Abraham believed he received. And when he believed he received, everything changed. His body was rejuvenated. Her body was rejuvenated. And we have Isaac, who just happens to be laughter. What would you do if I told you that no matter what you went through and Isaac is on the way? You're going to laugh again. You're going to have joy again. Hallelujah. But what happened? He believed he received. At some point, Sarah counted him faithful who had promised. Amen. He grew and was empowered, notice, by faith. So, so notice... He became empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. As he gave praise and glory to God. So what are joy, peace, and rejoicing? Fuel to your faith. Fuel to your faith. Fuel to your faith. When you get in the Word and you hear the Word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. What maximizes your faith? What energizes your faith? Joy, peace, love. Amen. And, and, and the more you do that, every time you think about a circumstance, every time you think about what God has to do, you need to begin to rejoice. You need to begin to glorify God. Why? Because your faith is going to be empowered. And you've got to stay full of these things. Uh, when you come back tonight, that's what we're going to be ministering on, is staying full. You've you, you got to stay full of these things. Folks, I'm going to close with this. And this, this is just advice, spiritual advice, good advice. You cannot be, oh, Lord, help me say this right. First words matter, but first options matter. People say, well, I just want, you know, I, 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 would, I would like to, to go to the doctor just so I could have peace of mind. You mean... Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not against, you know I'm not against going to doctors. But what should bring you peace of mind? Going to the doctor or what God said? If you don't go to the doctor in peace, what you may or may not hear can move you. Amen. And, and, I, and, I, and I need to say this where the fight of faith is concerned. A natural source should never be able to bring you more peace than this. Amen. Amen. I'll say that again. A natural source should never be able to bring you more peace than what God said. There's nothing wrong with going. Nothing wrong. But I'm not going for peace of mind. 
I'm going because I think I need to go. Not for peace of mind. I have peace of mind. Amen. Because the doctor's report's irrelevant. In reality, it's irrelevant. It's not going to move me one way or the other. Well, what if they say this? Well, then they say it. But I'll say what I need to say. Are you with me? I believe God. Do you have joy and peace? Amen. Stand on your feet this morning. Say it out loud. Say, I have joy and peace. Say this. I'm calm. I'm relaxed. I'm in faith. And I believe God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I believe God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Aha. I believe God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're just checking to see, make sure we've done everything we need to do. Thank you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. The the way that God has moved in the past is the way that God will move in the future. God's dealings with you in the past are the way God will deal with you in the future. So, The Lord says that to walk in His ways, to understand His ways, is to not just understand His ways from the Word, but His ways of dealing with you in the past, dealing with you in past circumstances and situations. And surely, it will be that way again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.